Good afternoon. It's six minutes afternoon, and it's time to take a look at Alaska and local news here for Midday Magazine. I'm Julie Hersey with these stories. Moose hunting season for central southeast Alaska is officially over this year. So far, hunters near Petersburg and Wrangell have reported 115 moose harvested. Twelve of those have been illegal kills, but hunters have up to five days to report their moose harvest. Typically, illegal harvests make up about 10% of the hunt, and that stands true this year so far. Kupernoff Island has been the most productive area this year. There, hunters have killed 47 moose total, 41 bulls, and 6 illegal. Next, hunters killed 28 moose on Kuyu Island. Two of those were illegal. 19 have been harvested by the Stikine River, and three of those were illegal. Hunters have harvested 12 moose on the mainland. That includes six moose in Thomas Bay and four in Farragut Bay. They killed three on Mitkoff Island, including one illegal moose. And Wrangell Island has seen two moose taken. There has been one moose harvested each on Edlin Island, on Wawudski, on Zarembo Island, and in Game Unit 1C, which is a sliver of territory made up primarily of Port Hooton. This moose harvest count was last updated yesterday, and the month-long moose hunting season opened September 15th and ended on Saturday, October 15th. Last year, the total moose harvest was 132 animals. Nine of those were illegal. Again, so far, the total moose harvest count for this season was 115 with 12 illegal kills. Hunters have five days to report updated numbers. KFSK.org will post the final numbers when we get them. Midcoff Middle School's cross-country team hosted an invitational meet last month. Three other schools participated from Ketchikan and Rangel. For the girls' division, Midcoff Middle School took first place with 30 points. Schoenbar Middle School of Ketchikan took second place with 35 points. Stikine Middle School from Rangel placed third with 64 points. And Ketchikan Charter School placed fourth with 115 points. For the boys' division, Schoenbar Middle School took first with 26 points. Midkoff Middle School took second with 32 points. Stikine Middle School third with 79 points. And Ketchikan Charter School placed fourth at 109 points. Mitkoff Middle School's cross-country team also attended a regional meet in Haines on September 24th, where four schools participated. Mitkoff Middle School's team of girls took first place with 29 points, and the boys' team took second place with 41 points. KFSK's Avery Herman Sakamoto caught up with head coach Joe Vicknicki for a look back at the season. We had a great season. I'm super proud of the kids. So we had uh, two meets. We had a home meet here in Petersburg on the 17th of September. Just in individual results, if I could, in that meet um, for the boys team, Tyler Ward, our top runner, coming in third place uh, in a time of uh, 13 minutes and 24 seconds, followed closely by Ben Candle in fourth place, Calder Heyer in sixth, Nolan Lutomsky in ninth and Landon Odegaard in tenth. And we had a whole long list of boys behind that. Um, some of them running their first uh, race at the two mile distance. Uh, everyone did super great and uh, just proud of them that they could run the distance. And some of them were super fast. Some of them really surprised themselves too and came up with some times they didn't expect. On the girls' side of things, at the local meet, uh, Abby Warhatch uh, took the top spot for Petersburg 
with a time of 1550, uh, also followed by Maria Toth in fourth place uh, with a time of 1553, and Zia Hulebeck, a new runner for us this year at 1612, came in sixth place, Cadence Flint in seventh, and Ariel Tucker in tenth. And a couple more girls as well, uh, rounding out the roster there. So super proud of both teams for that local meet. Uh, It was a good race, two-mile distance on Hungry Point Trail, and the kids did great. Uh, A lot of local help to make that happen. Then, so we had a one travel trip this year, which we were super excited that we got to go travel somewhere. It was kind of a question uh, when we first started the season. This year we went to Haynes for the first time ever and ran up there. We ran against Juno and Skagway and Haynes. And a little bit of the results from that. Um, that was It was a great trip pretty much on the ferry the entire weekend. <laughs> Matt Nuska on the way up, Matt Nuska on the way back through Sitka. So, um, yeah, we had, of course, we just travel with the 7th and 8th graders. The 6th graders uh, stay home. And so we had uh, 22 uh, boys and girls, 7th and 8th graders, uh, making that trip. Um, we got off the ferry on Saturday, the 24th, the race happened, and we ran just immediately the minute we got to Haynes School. So the girls were, were got, got off the bus, we were like, all right, the race is happening, we need you to suit up, and we ran out there, and we didn't even really know the course or anything. Um, it was a little bit confusing, but it was a shorter course than the two miles that we do here. It was probably closer to 1.8 miles, like a three-kilometer course, and uh, a little bit flatter. So as a result, uh, all our Petersburg runners had very fast times compared to what they did here. Uh, a lot of minutes knocked off from the Petersburg meet. Um, and just to go through the results... The girls again took first place. Mitkoff Middle School girls uh, coming in first, beating Juno, Haynes, and Skagway uh, with the uh, team scores. Uh, Petersburg girls scored 29 points, uh, Juno in second with 32, uh, Haynes next with 64, and then Skagway with 160. Um, and then for the boys, uh, Petersburg boys again took second place uh, with Juno taking first in the Haynes meet, 27 points for them. Uh, Mitkoff Middle School came in second with 41. Haynes uh, next at 105 points in third place, and Skagway at 107. And I would like to point out the girls' team this year undefeated with those two wins, uh, so that's great, and we beat the big schools, you know, Juno and Ketchikan, so super proud of them for that finish. Um, great run by both the boys and girls. Super proud of the team. They did awesome. It was fun to uh, have them running this year, and um, I hope they think about running again next year. That we have we lose a big group of eighth graders to graduation, and hoping a lot of them or all of them go on to run for the high school team. For the sixth and seventh graders, I know they're excited to compete again next year. So look forward to that. That was Mitkoff Middle School's cross-country coach, Joe Vicknicki, speaking with KFSK's Avery Herman Sakamoto. The season runs mid-August through September. Governor Mike Dunleavy said on Monday if re-elected, he intends to propose legislation increasing the prison sentences for drug dealers who sell products that kill someone. The as-yet-unreleased legislation would also make convicted dealers ineligible for a particular type of parole and would create a vehicular homicide statute. 
The proposal would still have to pass muster with the Alaska legislature, and its prospects were impossible to determine on Monday, one month before a general election that will significantly change the legislature's roster. The governor's proposal was announced at a conference with reporters and comes after Alaska had the largest increase in overdose deaths among U.S. states between 2020 and 2021. It also arrives during the governor's re-election campaign with Dunleavy attempting to fend off challenges from Republican, Independent, and Democratic candidates. In August, two of Dunleavy's three challengers answered an Anchorage Daily News questionnaire asking about the issue of drug addiction and overdoses. Democratic governor candidate Les Guerra has said he supports oil tax changes in part to fund additional police, troopers, prosecutors, and drug treatment programs for mid- and low-level prisoners. Independent candidate Bill Walker said if elected, his administration would, quote, fully fund public safety divisions that will address the crisis of opioid deaths. Republican candidate Charlie Pierce did not answer the question. A plane crash near Cordova on Sunday left its pilot dead, according to the U.S. Coast Guard. Coast Guard spokesperson Nate Littlejohn says an emergency locator transmitter for the small plane came in around 2.30 Sunday afternoon. A Coast Guard helicopter and search plane were sent from Kodiak to the crash site in the Heaney Range, about five miles west of Cordova. The aircraft arrived about three hours later. They discovered wreckage on steep cliff-like terrain at an elevation of about 1,700 feet. Crews were not able to lower anyone to the site due to difficult terrain and poor flying conditions with low ceilings, low visibility, rain, and mist. The Coast Guard helicopter hovered and searched in the area but did not find any sign of life. FAA records show the Piper Cherokee is operated by Nunak Air Taxi, which does business as Friendship Air. A call to the company was not immediately returned on Monday. The National Transportation Safety Board's Clint Johnson says the pilot was the sole occupant of the plane. Contact with the plane was lost just before the crash with no further transmissions. An NTSB investigator was accompanying Alaska State Troopers and Coast Guard personnel to reach the crash site Monday. KFSK has an open airwaves policy. This station encourages the public to use KFSK for the expression of personal opinions, ideas, and creative works. These opinions are available on our website, kfsk.org, following the scheduled radio broadcast. And the following was submitted for broadcast by Rebecca Himshoot, candidate for State House. Hello, my name is Rebecca Himshoot, and I'm running as an independent candidate to represent Petersburg and the rest of House District 2 from Prince of Wales to Yakutat in the Alaska legislature. As a nonpartisan candidate, I'm committed to putting the needs of Southeast Alaska ahead of party politics. I came to Alaska as a very young adult from a small town in the Midwest, and I've lived here for the better part of three decades. I earned a degree in elementary education from UAS. I've worked as a classroom teacher in Sitka for almost 20 years. Since 2020, I've served on the Sitka Assembly, and a trademark of my assembly service has been the civility I bring to the deliberations. Teaching has given me the privilege of making a difference in the lives of more than a generation of children in Sitka. It has also given me insight into the challenges facing families and communities in Southeast. The past few years have been especially hard on parents and kids. After decades of teaching and three years on the State Board of Education, I feel prepared to help solve some of the persistent problems facing our public schools. In the classroom, I didn't have the authority to change policy. 
In the legislature, in collaboration with my colleagues, I will. Petersburg schools and students have long punched above their weight in achievement. Stabilizing school funding will support this continued success. Teaching has been a rewarding career, but not the kind of rewards you can take to the bank. It took me over 30 years to save enough money to buy my house in Sitka. And to do that, I've worked a variety of other jobs, mostly in seasonal tourism. So if you're struggling to pay for your housing, I hear you. I've been there. We're losing the young people that are the future of our communities and our economy because they can't see how they're ever going to be able to afford a home. Addressing the out-of-control cost of living in Southeast Alaska will be a priority for me in the legislature. You know the saying that a rising tide lifts all boats? In our communities, a similar principle applies. Smart investments in vital industries such as commercial fishing and mariculture benefits us all. We need to anticipate the challenges we will face in a warming world and competitive global markets. I am committed to fully funding the research needs of the Alaska Department of Fishing Game to provide the sound data that inform policy in our fisheries and to confirming a balanced board of fish. On my trips to Petersburg this summer, I heard an earful about the need for reliable ferry service. Our ferries are a critical service for our economy, bringing goods and visitors to our communities and supporting our students in traveling affordably for activities. There is almost an entire generation of Southeast Alaskans who don't know what a functional ferry system looks like. We need to restore our marine highway system. I'm spending the months before the election traveling Southeast, talking to residents about the issues most important to them. If I haven't knocked on your door yet, I hope to see you later this month when I visit Petersburg again. Or feel free to reach out to me on my website, RebeccaHimshoot.com, or you can reach me at 907-738-6744. I'd like to earn your vote in November, and I'm looking forward to representing you in Juneau. I'm Rebecca Hemshoot, Independent Candidate for House District 2. Thank you for listening. Again, that was Rebecca Hemshoot, candidate for State House. KFSK encourages the on-air public expression of personal opinions, ideas, and creative works. And for more information... Call Tom Abbott at 907-772-3808. KFSK will not air commentaries related to an election on Election Day. And this year's general election will be held on Tuesday, November 8th.